This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. Be still and know that I am God. That is Psalm 46, verse 10. It's a well-known verse in the Bible, especially for those who have a tendency toward contemplative prayer and who read the scripture from a non-tool perspective. Therefore, it would seem to be the natural text for me to speak about, but I haven't done that so far. And that's because this verse is frequently taken out of context. If there's one thing that was drummed into me in seminary, it is, and there's a saying, that a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. And proof texts are a misuse of scripture. One has to treat scripture with care, carefully interpreting it in its literary and historical context so as not to distort the text and make it say something that it doesn't say just because it's what we want it to say. In this respect, some people treat this verse as if it was not taken out of the Hebrew scriptures but taken out of the Upanishads and is an expression of Advaita Vedanta. It's not. This psalm is an expression of Hebraic monotheism, and has to be interpreted in that context. But, having said that, this verse was spoken by the psalmist as a prophetic utterance that points beyond monotheism to non-duality, what I call unitive awareness. And so I interpret it in this way, and I think it is an authentic way to interpret it. You can judge. First of all, we have to look at this verse in Psalm 46 in the light of the verses that come right before it. When we do that, we see that the context is a time of trouble. The first verse of the psalm is almost as famous as the 10th verse. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I have read that verse, especially those verses, and especially the first part, at countless graveside services. The psalmist is clearly talking about natural disaster. Now, he might be using this image of natural disasters as metaphors, or he might really be thinking about real natural disasters. From what we read in the following words, he seems to be using these images as metaphors for political and military upheaval. He says, nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. Then in the verse leading immediately up to our verse, he writes, come and see what the Lord has done the desolations he has wrought on the earth. He makes wars cease, 
to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Psalmist is clearly speaking in the context of war, and he proclaims that God brings peace. This is timely today when the world is focused on the Russian war against Ukraine. The natural disaster images are also timely in this age when we are concerned about climate change and the increase of natural disasters caused by that. So this verse is speaking about what we do in times when our lives feel threatened by external forces. In this context, the psalmist proclaims, Be still and know that I am God. What is important to understand about this verse is that the psalmist goes from talking about the theistic God in the third person to talking as God in the first person. And this continues in the rest of the verse, which is often left out. When the psalmist speaks in the divine first person, saying, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. He is speaking as God. In the Hebrew tradition, this is prophetic speech. And this is what I want to focus on. This shift in consciousness from human to divine is extremely important to note here. The shift from speaking as a little human being to speaking as the eternal God is not just a literary device. It is spiritual consciousness. This phenomenon is not explored enough by commentators, I think. The prophet psalmist here goes from speaking as an individual self to speaking as a divine self, the divine self, from speaking as a human consciousness to speaking as divine consciousness. This is an expression of what I call unitive awareness. A while back, a listener asked me if I had ever read the works of Joseph Benner, and in particular, his book entitled The Impersonal Life. From listening to me, he thought that what I said sounded a lot like what Benner said. So I admitted to him that I had never heard of the man or read his books, but I would look him up, so I did. Joseph Benner was an American spiritual teacher who lived from 1872 to 1938. I read his book, The Impersonal Life. It is unique in the sense that it is written in the first person from the perspective of the eternal living Christ. He is speaking as divine awareness. His work came to be called the I Am Teaching. Now, I don't know about his other books. I haven't read his other books. But in this book, Benner was speaking in the same way as the biblical prophets spoke. He was speaking as God or as the divine, in this case, as the eternal Christ. Benner believed that this really was Christ speaking and that he was just the conduit just like the biblical prophets really believed that the God of Israel was speaking 
through them. The biblical prophets proclaim, Thus saith the Lord, or the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and then they would speak as God. I see this as evidence of the Hebrew prophets speaking as divine awareness. It is the Hebrew equivalent of non-dual awareness, but expressed within a theistic religious tradition. There are lots of prophets in biblical times. There are bands of roving prophets, like the one that King Saul was was part of for a while. And there were community of communities of prophets, like Elijah's and Elisha's groups. They were known as the sons of the prophets. Only a tiny fraction of prophets ever wrote down words that were later included in the Bible. These spirit-inspired and spirit-intoxicated people, both men and women, women like Miriam and Deborah and others, were people who for periods of time were so united with God in their consciousness that they spoke from the perspective of God as God. That is what is happening in this verse when the psalmist declares, Be still and know that I am God. He was speaking about God in the third person previously and then shifts to speaking as God. This is very important because that it mean, that means that according to the Bible, regular humans can know divine awareness. It shows that what is called non-dual awareness is at the heart of biblical revelation. The problem is that most Christians today don't think it could happen to them. They think that this type of divine consciousness is something that happened long ago, thousands of years ago, in a distant land. The truth is that this divine awareness is available to everyone at any time. That is why I think this verse is so important. Now, I'll add the caveat here that charismatic and Pentecostal Christians do believe in prophecy today. But in my experience, what they are talking about is very different than what the Bible presents and very different than unitive awareness. Now, let's talk about what this verse means. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Now, these are the same words spoken by Jesus to the storm on the Sea of Galilee. One wonders if Jesus was actually quoting this verse intentionally. A lot of people interpret this verse as an instruction to quiet one's mind, one's thinking in meditation or contemplative prayer or some type of other spiritual discipline. Maybe. But I have a different interpretation. I don't think the psalmist was instructing us to engage in quiet, prayerful contemplation. I think that like all prophets, he knew in an intuitive sense and was in touch with the Spirit of God that is always present in us, the image of God, our true self. I think of this and it seems like it's kind of like a tornado or a hurricane a couple of weeks ago, when we were down here in Florida, we had a tornado warning. We were wondering if we had to seek shelter somewhere. 
but it turned out all to be all right. All the palm trees outside our apartment were bending and shaking. Then all of a sudden, everything was completely calm as this low-pressure cell was directly over us. And at that time, we were in the eye of the storm. You know, what the Bible calls whirlwinds. There is silence at the center. Meditation does not create this silence. It's always there. It's no accident that the biblical God so often appears in a whirlwind in Scripture. In the center of our being is always this quiet place. When we find and abide in this quiet center, we are consciously in the presence of God. Like the story in the Old Testament of Elijah in the cave, the winds came buffeting against the mountain, but it says that God was not in the wind, God was not in the whirlwind, and then it says there was a still small voice, also translated the sound of sheer silence, and it says that God was in the silence. God is in the silence, which is the center of our being, no matter what is happening on the outside. Now, what is happening in our mind, in our thinking, the silence of God is always present. And being still is simply a matter of abiding in that silent center, no matter what our mind is doing. Now, we can try to get our mind into that frame of mind, if you will, with meditation, if you want. We can try to go there in our mind, but there's really nowhere to go because it's always here. It's always what we are. It's simply a matter of shifting our focus from our mind and from our emotions to noticing this silence. So whether you quiet your mind is not is not as important as whether you are captivated and in your mind or not. This is what the psalmist is talking about when he says, be still. Abiding in that divine awareness, we are one with God. There is no separation between us and God. We are one with God. Be still and know that I am God. We are God, to put it crudely, something no biblical writer normally would say. So we are God, but not in the theistic sense that human beings are the theistic deity that is considered in biblical terms pride and idolatry. But in the unitive sense, ultimately, there is only one reality. And that's what we are. And that reality is divine. At times of unitive awareness, we can't tell where we stop and where what we call God Begins, Meister Eckhart said, The eye through which I see God is the same eye through which God sees me. My eye and God's eye are one eye, one seeing, one knowing, one love. Theists hear statements like that, and all they hear is heresy. But this is what the psalmist and the prophets experienced. It is the heart of biblical inspiration, and prophetic revelation. And this is not just for bearded Hebrews thousands of years ago living in the Middle East. It is the natural state of all humans 
It's the Garden of Eden, if you will. It is simply a matter of abiding in this unitive awareness of union with God. That is what is being expressed when the psalm says, Be still and know that I am God. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Christ.